Hallelujah. Yes, so today we are going to learn about the Apostle Peter and just some truths from his life that we can apply as a church in individuals. Hallelujah. So wherever you are, I want us to close our eyes as we pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask that may you take charge of this ministration. Put me aside, O Lord, and speak to your people. Expound scripture. Grant us understanding. We are praying, O Lord, that may we have that heart-burning experience. O Lord, we are praying that may we feel your presence. May we learn from you. We are praying that may your grace, O Lord, be bestowed upon us. May we receive impartation in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, today's the um, title for the sermon is The Ministry of Peter. The Ministry of Apostle Peter. Hallelujah. The Ministry of Apostle Peter. And we all know Peter. We all know the Apostle. We, we know about them. We know there are 12 Apostles. Peter was the head and what have you. But it's like... As I was reading the scripture, as I was studying it, God took me to through a deeper level, like something that we, we don't see, something that is there, but we don't normally, you know, take note. So the first thing is that the meaning of Peter is to hear or be heard, and also reputation. No, that's Simon, rather, sorry. The meaning of Simon is to hear, be heard, and reputation. While the meaning of Peter is the rock. We all know that Peter was called Simon. That's the name his parents gave him. His name was Simon. And when he encountered Jesus, there was a name change. And that name change made him to be called Peter. Hallelujah. That name change that he encountered with Jesus made him to be called Peter. Amen. So, Simon upon meeting jesus was called peter so let's look at how peter was called matthew chapter 4 verse 18 to 20 it says that peter and his brother andrew they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen said come follow me jesus said and i will send you out to fish for people this um, is let's say an abridged version of what actually happened so let's go to Luke chapter 5, verse 2 to 11. It says, He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. This is Jesus they are talking about. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon asked, answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Hallelujah. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and 
helped them and they came and filled both boats so full that they be- they began to sink when simon peter saw this he fell at jesus' knees and said go away from me lord i am a sinful man for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken and so were james and john the sons of zebedee simon's partners then jesus said to simon don't be afraid from now on you will fish for people so they pulled their boats up on shore left everything and followed him hallelujah so this was the um, Peter's first encounter with Jesus. So one thing that I realized in this encounter is that before Peter met Jesus, or let's say his name was Simon there, before Simon met Jesus, he was a fisherman. So whenever Jesus meets us, he doesn't meet us being lazy. Remember when Jesus met Gideon. Gideon was stretching weeks in a white bed. He was doing something. Maybe it's not so big, it's not so, you know, huge or out there, but he had a handful. He had something he was doing. When Elijah met the widow, she was gathering sticks. So almost all the time, when there is an encounter with Jesus, you find that the people were doing something. When Jesus met Matthew, he was in his tax collector's boots. And he left it and followed Jesus. When Jesus met Nathaniel, you know, Jesus said that you were under the tree, under the fig tree. They were all doing something. So Peter, on the other hand, was a fisherman. And he was washing his net. He had something, a handful of something doing. This is before he met Jesus. And the second is that he was a sinful man. When they had catch, you know, the fish, when Jesus told them that put it here, put the net here. And they were like, oh, we, we have um, gone all night. You know, we have gone all night fishing. Like, these are professional fishermen. These are pro fishermen. And here is Jesus out of nowhere saying that, you know, put your net here. And they were literally on the beach. And you don't really get fish there unless you go deep into the ocean. We fished all night, um, sir. So, this thing you are saying we should do, like, (laughs) we are professionals. And... If we had gotten fish, we would have gotten some. But then Peter still obeyed and he did it just because Jesus said, just because you said it. Sometimes all we need is just to do what Jesus said. Just a little belief, just a little faith. Jesus said we have we need faith like um even a faith like a master seed can move mountains. So sometimes it's just a little faith, just a little belief just a little trust in jesus and peter had this trust in jesus and what happened he got the fish they they harvested much more than they have ever gotten the bible said that it was so much that even their boat was sinking their nets were breaking just because they listened to jesus and this was a miracle because these are professionals and obviously, you are not going to get a fish on the beach, and, it, and even if it's in, even if you get some, it's not supposed to be in such large amounts. 
but they got it in land. So this was definitely a miracle. So Peter immediately knew that no, this is God. This is from God. Only God can do this kind of miracle. Only God can do this. You know, he just saw the hand of God. And he knew that Jesus is a man of God. And he said that, oh, man of God. I know no men of God are holy. You know, priests are holy and all that. But we are sinful men. I am a sinful man. You can't come close to me. They should tell you that Jesus, when Jesus finds you, Jesus doesn't want to, Jesus doesn't find people that are already whole. He said he came to the sick. He came to the sinners. He came for the prostitutes and the tax collectors in their time. Jesus came for the sinners. And Peter was like, nah, because in those days, holy people and sinners don't, you know, really meet. Even the Jews, they don't shake hands with, um, I think, people who are not Jews because they see them as unholy or something like that. So Peter was like, nah. Man of God, I can see you are holy. I can see the hand of God is upon you. But I'm a sinful man. Therefore, do not come near me. So Jesus met Peter when he was sinful. And if you are referring it to us, Jesus, all of us, Jesus met us in our sinful state. Jesus came to us. And he's even the one that came to us in our sinful state. So Peter met Jesus when he was sinful. And the next is that Peter signaled his companions to help. This made me, he signals his companions to help. That was James and John, the sons of Zebedee. I thought about this for, you know, for over some time. He signals his companions to help. What, did, what does it mean? What did it mean? And I realized that Peter had the potential to work with partners. The Bible said that they were his partners. James and John, they were his, though each of them had their own boats and he had his brother Andrew. But when he got a bigger fish, he didn't just, he wasn't selfish about it. That's only he and Andrew are going to, you know, have this bountiful harvest and get money from it. But then I just saw potential there. He had the potential to work with people, he had the potential to lead. He had the potential. He he was he. They even had codes that he can signal people to come and help. And I just saw potential there. When 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 God met us, though in our sinful state, though we were doing other things that wasn't even in the will of God, there was a potential. A potential because God has already deposited what he 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 needs us to have he has deposited something in us even before the beginning of time and that thing he has deposited is supposed to help us in our purpose so something was in peter there was something deposited he was literally he literally had the potential to work with people to lead people and the second is um the fourth is that he was afraid he, he knew he was sinful and sin makes you afraid sin makes you afraid when adam sinned god came in the cool of the day said adam adam where are you he said i'm naked he was he and his wife hid because they were afraid because they had sinned so you realize that anyone that is in sin 
anyone that you know keeps going on in cycles the person is afraid the person is fearful because sin leads to death and as much as we don't like to admit it if you sin you die so there is this fear that creates within you that you are a sinner so you will die so fear of death there's just fear so peter was fearful he he didn't even have in mind like he he knew he can't even come close to god i'm sure he felt dirty the Bible said that even our righteousness is is like a filthy rock our own righteousness is like a filthy rock before the eyes of the lord peter was fearful he was afraid any images he was afraid that hey how can me a simple man meet someone who is holy hallelujah and the next is that jesus used what peter already has the fact that he was a fisherman and made it glorious as a fisher of men so you realize that god said in jeremiah that he knew us before he was we were born and he let's say according to jeremiah god appointed him as a prophet to the nation as also i think in one of the podcasts brother daniel spoke about it as also transformation is transformational yes as also god knew us before we were born when adam was we all were we were all within adam when adam was hallelujah so we peter was a fisherman so literally nature or literally the world had twisted the purpose of peter to god peter was an apostle peter was a rock a rock on which he would build his church and now the the world had twisted what peter's purpose and instead of him being a fisher of man here is peter catching fish and this happens to most of us this hap- this is happening all over in the world you can see someone the person is singing the person has a beautiful voice you know those people that sing and you get chills <laughs> but then the person is into all sort of things demonic things singing for the world sex alcohol drugs whatever you and it's it's sad because the enemy has just twisted your purpose they are turning it upside down instead of you going forward you have the same because god has already deposited that gift in you he has just utilized that gift against god or for himself so we see people that um the enemy tells them that come i'll make you rich if you do this and that for me and you realize that the enemy he doesn't have any power he can't make you rich so literally you have an anointing of god upon your life to be a rich person and the enemy is just using what god has deposited within you and twisting it so that you will not complete the purpose that god has for you hallelujah yes so peter was a fisherman but in god's eyes he was a fisher of men his name was simon but in god's eyes his name was peter the rock on which he will build his church so this peter is literally representing the church the church when we we all met jesus at us at, at our sinful nature we all met jesus when we were away from our purpose we were far away from our purpose doing things which were opposite to that which god has for us we we had potential 
but we were using it for the wrong reasons. We were not utilizing the true purpose that God has for us. And we were afraid because we were sinners. We knew we were sinners. And we knew sin leads to death. We couldn't determine whether we would be in heaven or hell. But deep within, we knew where we were going. Hallelujah. But when Peter met Jesus, he said that, Jesus told Peter, he said, from now on, yeah, Peter fell at Jesus' feet and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Go away from me. He said, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Hallelujah. You will fish for people. Let's say this miracle that happened to Peter, Andrew, and, and James and John. Let's say it happened to um, Matthew. He wouldn't really have understood it. Yeah, it would have been a miracle. But then he wouldn't really have understood because he doesn't really have that he, that's not his line of work so literally sometimes god meets us where we are god knows our hearts so peter knows how hard it is to get a fish how hard it is to cast your net how hard it is to go at dawn to get fish and jesus just saying put it here and he got something so that was a miracle it was a personal thing a personal encounter with jesus that literally you know was it was something that was over the um let's say over the moon or yeah it was crazy extraordinary miraculous to peter that is his personal encounter with god so most of the time when we have encounter with god a personal encounter with god it's it is it is detrimental to um sorry for the word it is important it is important to what we do or how the nature of our heart is so peter when jesus met peter jesus had to do a miracle of the fish when jesus met nathaniel jesus had to prophesy and tell nathaniel that i saw you under the feet then he knew that oh indeed you are you are the messiah indeed you are this the 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 the, the, the one that is to come so whenever you meet Jesus, is sometimes we, we need our own person. Let me say we need our own personal miracle with Jesus. Our own personal miracle. And that is our foundation. That is something you can hold on to. Your personal encounter. Your personal It's not about what you think you want. But it's actually about what you need. And God knows what you need. And just that encounter. Peter left everything. And follow Jesus. He said that. Then Jesus said to Simon. Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. Immediately Peter met Jesus. His purpose had changed. Now he was en route. To, to being you know the apostle. En route into becoming a fisher of men. Hallelujah. So as we've met Jesus. We are on the right path. Let no one deceive you. Let no one tell you whatsoever. You are on the right path. You are on the route to your purpose. God is training you. God is nurturing you. Just as he did with Peter. Hallelujah. So let's go on. 
So we are actually talking. We are going to um, talk about the ministry of Peter, but we are looking at his life before he became an apostle, so that we can learn something from it and understand better his ministry as as the rock, as the head of the church, as an apostle. So the second is subtitle is Peter declares Christ as the Messiah. So now Peter has encountered Jesus. Peter is working with Jesus. Though it seems as if he's just working, he's learning. He's learning. The Bible said faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. He's learning. He's being taught by Jesus. He's transforming. He keeps on hearing the word of God. It is piercing through his bone and marrow and, and through his soul and spirit. He's transforming. It says here in Matthew 16, verse 13 to 19, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, for this was not Jesus replied blessed are you Simon son of Jonah for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood but by my father in heaven and I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven or whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven hallelujah so Peter was going walking with Jesus and out of the blue, one day a test appears. Me, I see this to be a test. Most of the times, when we are working with Jesus, God tests us, and His test is to refine us. His test is to pull us into the next direction, the next season of our life. So this was a test. Jesus tested them. Who do people? Who do you say I am? You know, who do people say I am? Then they said that people say you are this and that. And Jesus asked again, Who do you say I am? And this was a test. I'm sure maybe, maybe Jesus was doing this because um, he wanted to see who will lead or on, on, on who will be the head of the church. Maybe, maybe. Because he knows that God has deposited in them, each one of them, God has deposited something. And through the Spirit of God, the person that is supposed to be the head will be revealed. Maybe. So Jesus asked this, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said that, wow, wow, Jesus was like, not human being revealed this to you, but the Spirit of God. The Spirit, the Bible said the Spirit testifies of Jesus. The Spirit testifies of Jesus. And he said, you can't know this unless the Spirit has told you. So there and there, Jesus knew that this one, the Spirit has said it. So this is the head of the church. This one, his name will be changed from Simon to Peter. And he is the rock on which we will build the church. Hallelujah. So as he kept on growing, as he kept on hearing the word of God, God changed his name from Simon to Peter. Hallelujah. So now Simon was called Peter and he had elevated in rank. Let's say if he was in the pews, now he had elevated 
and his elevation let's know okay if he was barefoot now he has been elevated at least to nephews <laughs> and jesus had given him a new rank he was now in a new dimension as the head of the church he said on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hades will not overcome it i will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you lose on earth will be loosed on heaven hallelujah so jesus had given peter authority as as the head of the church so literally peter represents the church he's the rock on which the church is built so as god jesus met the church in this sinful state jesus you know miraculously we had an encounter with god that was our foundation we kept on hearing the word of god we were saved kept on hearing the word of god and and what have you as we go on jesus you know nourishes us and jesus gives us authority so as we increase in the kingdom the authority increases and it's not because it's not already there but because you have a new um, understanding you have a new mindset your mind is renewed to be able to understand it the Bible said that when there were some two people jews that were casting out a demon and when they were casting out a demon they were casting out the demon in the name of paul he said in the, in the, in the by the name of jesus whom paul speaks come out of him and the demon said paul i know jesus i know by you who are you and pounds upon them so these jews were just using the name they didn't have a revelation of jesus so yes the authority was made available but they didn't have the revelation so they were not able to enforce the authority so as peter was growing as peter was hearing the word faith was increasing he was chosen and authority was bestowed upon him he had a new revelation of it hallelujah so we go on to peter rebukes jesus it says matthew 16 verse 21 to 23 it says from that time on jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life peter took him aside and began to rebuke him never lord he said this shall never happen to you jesus turned and said to peter get behind me satan you are a stumbling block to me you do not have in mind the concerns of god but merely human concerns hallelujah so in this scenario this same peter that the holy spirit had revealed that jesus is the messiah is now saying that jesus shouldn't die and literally this was barely human concerns the devil just utilized the fact that you know peter had compassion or peter was human you know he had human concerns also and the devil just utilized that to make um, um, peter to rebuke jesus and i realized that jesus had just given peter the authority of of the church he had given peter the authority as the rock of the church that he has given him the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever he binds will be bounded whatever he loses will be will be loosed so jesus has given peter authority and the devil knowing peter now has the authority just utilize you know he has no power so he was trying to utilize peter's authority that he had to speak jesus into not dying <laughs> so sometimes it happens it happens we are growing god has given you authority so the, the devil just 
you know bring some thoughts in your mind some concerns he doesn't have power to destroy you but he tries to make you use the power and authority that god has given you to destroy yourself hallelujah so peter rebuked jesus never lord because now he has authority the devil could have used any of them but none of them had been given the authority that peter had as the head of the church the, the church has power the church has power to bind and loose the church has the keys so the devil was specific and he used peter the one that had authority so if you are there and you are not being you know bothered by the enemy know that there is something wrong <laughs> there is something wrong this shows the authority peter had that the words Jesus spoke was not just words, but then Jesus had imparted Jesus had imparted something into the spirit of Peter. So the devil tried to use him because he was still growing. So in some part he was still ignorant. He wasn't, let's say, fully surrendered. Though they had left everything to follow Jesus, they received, they are going, but there were still some human concerns. It's as if, oh, I love him, you know, so I don't want him to die. But God's will is that he should die <laughs> so that all of us will be saved. And at the end, he will be raised up. He will glorify him. But you are saying, oh, oh, don't die. But the thing is, eventually he will die. If he doesn't die, you won't be saved. Hallelujah. So the devil just used Peter, his compassion, his love for Christ. So most of the time, sometimes when we, we have to check what we are doing, we have to check what we are saying. Is it from love? Is it from God? Because there's false love. Love is God. God is love. So if it's not from God, it's not really love. <laughs> we have to check what we are doing. Is it from God? Is it from or is from pride? Or it's just human concerns? Hallelujah. So Jesus rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. And it wasn't Peter Jesus rebuked. Jesus didn't talk to Peter because Peter wasn't the one doing it. But Satan just hiding at the back of Peter. So Jesus spoke and rebuked Satan because Satan had no power. Jesus rebuked him. Hallelujah. Then after Jesus explained to them again that he has to die. He has to die. I'm sure they were not still satisfied with that, but they, they just kept quiet and moved on. So this is the last of the, um, you know, the background of Peter. Peter denies Jesus. So this same Peter now saying that, oh, Jesus, nothing will happen to you. If you die, we will die with you. We will go, we'll not let anything happen to you. And Jesus told him that, Peter, you will deny me three times. And if you think about this, it's like, Jesus, like these people love you. These people, you know, have been with you. If they say they'll do it, that means they'll do it. But Jesus knew that self-righteousness is not possible. They have a sinful nature. And until the Holy Spirit comes, you know, upon them and makes them righteous, their hearts are still sinful. So Jesus said, no, you will deny me three times. It's not about you, but it's about your nature. You know, I have to do this to save you. Then... I can trust you that, yeah, you would actually do this for me. So, Peter, when Jesus was taken, he even tried to cut someone's, um, what do you call it, ears off. And 
you in the beginning you said Peter was afraid. So he's someone that was fearful. So even him cutting someone's ear off, it was out of fear. But Jesus healed the person's ear. And Peter went on and denied Jesus three times. After he denied Jesus, the Bible said the, the rooster crowed. That's Luke 22, verse 54 to 61. And the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord has spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you disown me three times. And the Bible said he wept. Peter wept like a baby. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew that this will happen because they can't be righteous on their own. They still have a sinful nature. You know, Jesus had to die but for the Spirit of God to come into our hearts and to help us to live a righteous life, to live a holy life. So this was just the background of Peter. Now we are moving on to the ministry of Peter. Now Jesus had died. The Holy Spirit has come upon them. Peter is in charge of the church. He is the rock. He has become the rock that Jesus said he would. And he's the head of the church. So let's see what we can learn from the Peter's, Peter as an apostle, his ministry. The first is Peter exalted Jesus. Peter exalted Jesus. Acts chapter 3 verse 12 to 13. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. So when Peter saw the amazement on the people's face, this is when he healed the lame man at the beautiful gate. So when he saw the amazement, the people were in awe, like, it is a miracle, what has happened here? He immediately declared, his own involvement in the lame man's healing and exalted Jesus in the healing. He did not take God's glory. So you realize that the train, all the training that he had been through had helped him to know that it's not by his might. He even denied Jesus three times and Jesus forgave him three times and still made him an apostle. So he had, he had understood the forgiveness forgiveness of Jesus and understood the love of God and understood that it's not by his mind, it's not by his power, but by God's spirit. So he knew that this healing is not of him because he was a sinful man, but it's of Jesus. So he gave Jesus his glory. When he saw that the people were going to mistakenly, you know, exalt him for the healing, he said, no, don't be in amazement. This is not of me. This is of God. Give glory to God. And this is because the Holy Spirit was now upon Peter. And the Holy Spirit was helping him to live holy, to live righteous. So this is one thing we can take from the ministry of Peter. The next is he taught the people about Christ and led them in fellowship. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 to 43. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Hallelujah. This man who was sinful, this man who was afraid, this man who even rebuked Jesus, Jesus, don't die. And he had human concerns and whatnot. This is the same man that has been redeemed, that has received, that has received um, forgiveness, that has received the love of God unmerited, the love of God unconditional. And now he's teaching people about Christ and leading them in fellowship. 
So he understood forgiveness. He understood love. And that is the basis of the church. Forgiveness and love. God is love. Because he loved us, he gave his son for us. We were sinful, but he forgave us and he made us anew. He gave us a ring of authority. God gave us authority to have power. He said, whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Jesus loved us so that he not only saved us, he not only forgave us, but he gave us authority, he gave us power, and he gave us a purpose. Hallelujah. So this same Peter, who was a fisherman, this same Peter, who was sinful, this same Peter that was fearful, was now teaching people about Christ. How beautiful. He had become the fisher of men Jesus made him to be. He was on, on in, in purpose. He was on track teaching people about Christ. Just imagine how the body of Christ would have, you know, been lost or what we would have lost if Peter had still continued to fish. If Peter, what would we have gained from Peter fishing? But then we have benefited from Peter being a fisher of men. Hallelujah. That should tell you that whatever God gives you, whatever purpose God has for you is to benefit others. It's not only for you. It's to benefit others. Hallelujah. There are a lot of people connected to your blessing. There are a lot of people connected to your breakthrough. And you um, quitting. You giving up. It's a loss to those people. Or maybe you're doing something else. Imagine if Peter said, Jesus, this miracle was guys. Let me go and go and sell the fish. By the time he would have come, Jesus would have left. Jesus would have left. And just imagine the potential God had put in Peter. Because of Peter, people, you know, he was teaching people about Christ. People were being, you know, transformed. People were knowing about Christ and people were in fellowship with, with God because Peter led them in fellowship. The next is he preached conviction. This is someone that has received forgiveness like never before he has denied god he has lived in fear he was out of purpose he was sinful but he had been redeemed he had been forgiven he have he had received the love of god unconditional i'm sure he thought that oh even if god forgives me i won't become the head of the church i won't become the rock i'm not and um, i'm not perfect or i'm not good enough to become the rock on which Christ builds his church. But now, Jesus said, it doesn't matter what you did. I've forgiven you. I still give you that authority. I still make you the head of... I knew you would sin. I knew you would, but then I still forgive you. And I still make you the head of my church. And I put my spirit in you to help you to live holy and righteous. So he preached conviction. It says here in Acts 3, 16 to 19, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes to him that has completely healed him. As you can all see, now fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through the prophet, saying that his Messiah 
would suffer. Peter was speaking to the people. These are the same people that murdered Jesus. And Peter was saying that, Peter didn't say that, you murderers, you murdered, you murdered the son of God. How dare you? You are supposed to rot in hell. Peter didn't say that. But he said that, I know you did it because of ignorance. Because he himself, he was a sinner. He himself denied Jesus and God forgave him. So he knows that God has forgiven him. So he said, I know you did it in ignorance. So he convicted the people in righteousness. He convicted them of their sin. He didn't condemn them. Peter preached conviction and not condemnation because he himself had been convicted by God. The, the Holy Spirit convicts. So if you see a preacher or you see someone who calls himself a Christian and is condemning someone, you should know that this is not from God. This is not the voice of God. This is not the Spirit of God speaking. Peter, hadn't known that they attacked him, Jesus was innocent, they murdered him, they did all bad things to him. And he loved Jesus. He said that, you know, I know you did this in ignorance. He convicted them. He didn't condemn them. I know you did this in ignorance. But then come, repent. Like me, I repented. <laughs> and Jesus forgave me. Hallelujah. The next point is that he preached repentance. As I was saying. So he said they, they acted in ignorance. And he, he, he went on in the verse 19. Acts 3, 19. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. The times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So as he convicted them, told them that come to God, come to God, come to repent, repent of your bodies, repent of all, and come that your sins may be wiped out, so that times of refreshing may come, you'll be refreshed in the Holy Spirit, you'll be made a new creation. So this is Peter. And Peter was able to preach this. Peter was able to minister this because he himself had been forgiven. He himself had received the love of God unconditional. So he was able to preach out of love to the people, to preach forgiveness, not condemnation. So he preached repentance, that when you repent, God will, will save you. When you repent, just like me, I repented. God will save you. Hallelujah. The next is Peter preached salvation. And Jesus coming into our hearts. So the ministry of Peter, he didn't just preach repentance or convict the people of sin, but he preached salvation. And he preached that Jesus had, unless Jesus comes into your heart, unless Jesus comes into your life, you are not saved. You will not be allowed into heaven. You will not be able to live a holy life. You will not be able to, to live a righteous life because our nature is sinful. So he preached salvation and Jesus coming into our heart because he himself knew how Jesus coming into his heart had made him. Had made him. Hallelujah. He was he was someone who who who, who was a sinner. He was someone who was out of purpose. And he was someone that even though he was following Jesus. He, he was still making mistakes. But once the Holy Spirit came into his life, he spoke with boldness. He was doing all sorts of things, addressing the crowd and speaking in tongues, healing the sick. He said, come, be saved. Let Jesus enter your heart. 
So Acts chapter 3 verse 20, it says, And that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophet. So you must receive Jesus. Not only do you um, do you follow, but you have to receive him into your heart so that he will burn you beautiful from inside out. He will help you to be righteous. He will help you to live a holy life, to live a purposeful life. Hallelujah. The next is Peter referred to the Old Testament. This is something that really struck me. In his teachings, he always, so you can see that he studied the Old Testament. He's someone that studied the Old Testament. I'm sure they went for classes, you know, Jews, they let their children go for classes to learn the Torah and what have you. But he studied, you can, from his speech, from Stephen's speech, you realize that the apostles studied the Old Testament and they were able to find Jesus inside because the Old Testament is, they are shadows of Jesus. Jesus is not with the name Jesus is not written inside, but it's the, the whole book is all about Jesus. Jesus is everywhere in that book, and it's so exciting when you start reading the Old Testament and you, the Holy Spirit imprints upon your spirit that is about Jesus. You start seeing Jesus everywhere in all the scriptures. Hallelujah! So, Peter studied the Old Testament. The Bible said, when Jesus met them on the road to Emmaus. He started talking about himself, what was written in the scriptures about himself, expounding and explaining it to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and their hearts were burning. So Peter, and the other disciples, also studied the, the Old Testament to connect it to Jesus, the ones about Jesus, to, to see Jesus in it. So. Peter referred to the Old Testament for reference of what he was speaking. Hallelujah. He referred to the Old Testament for reference of what, what was spoken by the prophet on the coming of Jesus. Because these were people that were religious. These were people that knew the Torah. So he expounded the scripture. Just as Jesus expounded it to the disciples, Peter, whenever he spoke, he referred to the Old Testament. He expounded it where Jesus or Jesus was from the beginning. It said in Acts 3, verse 22 to 23, For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. From among your own people, you must listen to him. Everything he tells you, anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Hallelujah. And this was him, you know, quoting from Moses, quoting from the Torah about Jesus. So we also, we can take this habit from Peter and learn the Old Testament, learn Jesus in the Old Testament. When you, you read the Old Testament, open your eyes to see Jesus. I pray for you that may the eyes of your understanding be opened. May the eyes of your heart be enlightened to see Jesus in the Old Testament. May it be beautiful and exciting as you read the Old Testament. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I was reading Moses, the book of Moses, and I realized that how Moses came into being, how he was born, and all the children were killed. They were being they were killing the Egyptians were killing the children of the the Israelites. It was the same thing that happened when Jesus was born. All the two-year-old downward herald killed. So it's like it was a shadow of Jesus. 
how Jesus will be born, what will happen. And that just excited me so much. Hallelujah. The Bible said Moses was born. He was born in, in he was raised in Egypt by Potiphar's sister. And he was he was fluent in Egyptian and gold and he learned everything. He became, he literally became an Egyptian. And Jesus was in the well. Jesus did, Jesus was a carpenter. He literally did all the things human beings do, just that he didn't sin. <laughs> so you can see the shadow, the shadow. And Moses was a deliverer. Jesus came to save the people. Hallelujah. So when you read the Old Testament, when you see Jesus everywhere, it excites you. It excites you. Yes, when he was a baby, they fled to Egypt. When Jesus was a baby, they fled to they, they, they fled to Egypt, just like Moses. That's a shadow. So you become excited to see Jesus in the way. When scripture is expanded, you see Jesus inside. It's it's amazing. It's it's beautiful. So I, I pray for us that may we study the old testament. Don't just read it as maybe a book that has just a lot of history or any any of those but try to see jesus may your eyes be open to see jesus in the mighty name of jesus amen there are deep revelations in the old testament and it brings understanding so the next is that peter utilized the manifestation of his gifts to spread the gospel you realize that when peter healed the lame man he, he healed a lame man and he was going with John and all the people trooped to see him. Then Peter was like, oh, okay. He used it as an opportunity. So he addressed the crowd. He told them from the beginning, Abraham and, and our fathers to Jacob and he, he to Isaac to Jacob. And he kept on saying it to, to the, 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 the 12 patriots. And he, had, so he always used the miracle that he performed he used them as a manifest as a, as as an opportunity to spread the gospel he utilized the manifestation of the gifts to spread the gospel so that means whatever guilt and whatever gift god has given us it's an opportunity for us to spread the gospel it's an opportunity for there's this um pastor that I, I was listening to and he said that his daughter was she's a businesswoman she's in the corporate environment and one time she met this man in the corporate setting and they were talking so he just he just felt like you know speaking to her about G, speaking to him about jesus and that jesus has done this has he saved and what's not so she was just proclaiming jesus to the man and that was where God has placed her in the corporate setting. So as she was, you know, testifying or witnessing Jesus to the man, the man, you know, she heard, he heard the message and he just felt in his heart that that is his wife. And this is someone that didn't know God, but was now getting to know God. You know, he had accepted Christ and the woman was literally helping him, you know, in his walk with Christ. Then he knew from then that that was that was his his wife. So she didn't believe him until she prayed about it and realized that yeah, this is my this is my husband. And God was like, yes, that is. It. So if she hadn't witnessed Christ to the man, she hadn't utilized the gifts. She being in a corporate setting, 
or a boss or something to witness Christ to the man, she would have missed her opportunity. She would have missed out on her husband. So the gift God use gives us is is a point that all, that we can use to spread the gospel, or we can utilize to spread Christ. So any gift God has given you, anywhere you find yourself, pray about it and let the Holy Spirit allow you to witness Christ, just as Peter did. The next is, he addressed the crowd from time to time about faith. This um, our last but one. <laughs> he addressed the crowd from time to time about the faith. So, Peter, when we realize that Peter, when he was sinful and all that, you know, he wasn't bold, he was afraid, he was fearful, but there was potential. He was able to work with people and what not he, he even signaled James and John when they got a bountiful harvest. He he, he was someone that shared. Let me say that there was a potential that he wasn't selfish. He shared with others. So Peter, when he became, you know, the Holy Spirit took over. He became the head of the church as an apostle. He often addressed the crowd and. He addressed the crowd mostly about faith. When he, whenever he realized that um, the crowd was in doubt or wanted to know about the faith, he didn't just leave them that go and read your Bible. You have to repent and do it. No, he took time and addressed the crowd and granted them understanding, expounded scripture. Jesus was spoken in the Old Testament. This Jesus died. You have to. So he always took his time address the crowd from time to time about the faith and this is one thing that we should learn from jesus told us that we should always um we should always if it's about our faith we should always have an answer to give yeah that's the word we should always have an answer to give when someone asks or questions about our faith it's not about anything jesus was specific when someone asks or questions about your faith so when peter realized that they had questions when peter realized that they wanted to know they were hungry then he gave them food then he addressed them about the faith and told them hallelujah so peter did this acts chapter 2 verse 14 to 16 then peter stood up with the 11 raised his voice and addressed the crowd fellow jews and all of you who live in jerusalem let me explain this to you Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Hallelujah. And we realize that this same Peter, when he was, you know, with Jesus, he literally rebuked Jesus one time. You know, the devil used him to speak human concerns and what have you but now peter is speaking boldly speaking full of the spirit and telling people to listen to him carefully he had been through the training the holy spirit was in him and he had fully submitted to the voice of the spirit and you realize that in i think luke chapter 10 when before jesus sent them out to win heal the sick and cast out demons he said that whatever you have to say God will help you to say it. You don't have to stress. You don't have to think about when you are captured. You don't have to think about what you say. The Spirit of God will, will give you what you have to say. When you are 
persecuted. You don't have to worry about what you say, but God Himself will give you what to say. Peter, I'm sure Jesus told them that then, but they didn't really believe or they didn't really have understanding. But once the Spirit of God had come upon them, they got this understanding and they fully submitted to it that it's not by their persuasive words of eloquence, it's not by what they know, but it's by submitting fully to the Spirit of God or manipulate every word they say. So they knew that the words they speak are not from themselves but are from God. So Peter said, listen carefully. He addressed people about the faith. And he knew that it wasn't him speaking, it was the Lord speaking. So he was able to speak boldly because it's not about me. It's not about me even thinking human concerns and whatever, but it's the Holy Spirit that I have submitted to that is speaking to me. And the last point we learn from the ministry of Peter is that he utilized persecutions against himself to preach the gospel. So when people persecuted him, the moment you know they persecuted him, in they sent him to jail or whatnot. That's when they, they even ministered the gospel the more. When the Sahindran took him and they wanted to kill him and all that, they were asking him questions. I'm sure they learned this from Jesus. That is where they preached the gospel. Jesus told them in Luke chapter 10 that you come before governors, you come before all sort of people, but when you come before them, speak about me the spirit will give you what you have to say so in persecutions that was it was like an an advantage to them an advantage to them to preach the gospel so though they insulted them though they drove them although they flogged them they had spoken their words and whether they acted it out or they were seen to express interest or not they had heard the word of god and that was their goal that was their goal that was even um much more of much more of a blessing to them that was that made them happy so when they faced persecution they were happy that they accounted to suffer for the gospel they preached christ even when they took them to the court they preached christ they spoke about christ they were able to suffer for christ hallelujah Hallelujah. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 5, it said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for my sake. For those, those, all those, all the people revile against you. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. People revile against you. Blessed are you who people persecute you. Peter Devs were persecuted. They, they knew this, they understood this, and they utilized it. When Jesus was around, I'm sure they didn't really understand. I'm sure they didn't really understand, but now that the Spirit was upon them, now Jesus had died. They said, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Matthew 5 11. Rejoice and be glad. Chapter 12. Because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So great is your reward in heaven. Those that they persecute, those that they insult, those that they say false things against you. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. They knew this, understood this, and walked in it. Hallelujah. So I say to us all, just as Peter and the apostles, when they were persecuted, they were happy. They used as an opportunity to declare, declare the gospel of God. May that be 
our character when we go through persecutions when we go through all kinds of things may we use it as an avenue to preach the gospel as an avenue to minister god as an avenue to show that christ exists sometimes it's not even about you talking but it's about your life how you go through the persecution then people can see jesus the bible said when stephen when Stephen was being questioned by the Sahindran and Stephen was speaking to them, he was full of the Holy Spirit. Was, they were saying all four, manner of false things against him. The people, the chief priests, people, they looked intensely at Stephen. And Stephen looked, said he looked like, he had the face of an angel. He looked like an angel. He was writing so much that he looked like an angel. He hadn't said a word. They were just saying all false things against him. And he looked like an angel. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He spoke the word of God. He used that persecution to speak the word of God boldly. They were not afraid of death because they knew Jesus had conquered death. Hallelujah. This is what we can learn from the the ministry of Peter as an apostle. Many a times these things are not shared today. They are not shared in our generation. We only hear of you know the other ones which are so which are also good the other parts of the bible but these things of how the apostles persevered how the apostles were forgiven how the apostles walked in boldness we don't hear these things first and foremost they were human beings like us but they had encountered jesus they had encountered something stronger they were sinners like how we were but because of jesus we get to live righteously boldly we get to impact for christ it's even said in scripture that the disciples they were married the disciples were married there's only paul that said that oh um he he he, he was the one who wasn't married and he was celibate you know the apostles were married they were doing ministry with their wives they go sometimes they go around with their wives to speak the word to do ministry to do peter was married to do ministry these things happened these things happened and now god is calling us god is calling us the hour we are we are being called in the 11th hour in the 11th hour said the wages are the same whether you came in the morning afternoon evening your wages are the same the reward is the same. We are being called in the 11th hour to stand for Christ, even in our generation. God hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His ways haven't changed, no. But they have just evolved with time. Hallelujah. I want us to pray. We are praying for grace. That may the grace of the Lord help us to do His will. May the grace of the Lord help us to stand. We are praying for wisdom and understanding of the scriptures. God is calling us to be generational pillars in our generation. Each and every one of us, we have something embedded within us. We have a potential. 
to do something great, to do something mighty for God. There is nothing little in the kingdom when the Spirit of God is leading you. We have been forgiven. We we have received unconditional love. And it is our turn to give others that love that we have received. It is our attempt to give the forgiveness that we have received the miracle that we have received it is our turn to give others the same you cannot give what you don't have god has given us love god has given us forgiveness we have attained salvation thank you jesus for your salvation thank you jesus for dying oh lord and raising again thank you jesus that you are training us just like how you train peter every step of the way you trained him you gave him authority you helped him to utilize that authority you saw potential in him. You placed him, oh Lord, and root to his purpose. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want us to pray this last prayer. Peter was a fisherman. When he encountered Jesus, he became a fisher of men. Peter's name was Simon, which means to hear or to be heard. Now, his name is called the Rock. <laughs> the rock on which Christ built his church. Peter, we are praying, O Lord, that as we have encountered you, O Lord, change our name to that which you have purposed for us. Change our name to that which you have purposed for us. O Lord, help us, O Lord, to attain purpose. That which you have called us to do from the beginning of time. Who do you say we are? Who do you say we are? We pray also for grace to surrender it all to follow you. Help us to surrender everything, to surrender everything. Help us, oh Lord, not to look at ourselves, but to look to you. Oh Lord, cleanse our mind from human concerns and human goodwill. And we pray, oh Lord, that may our minds be full of you and your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that every one of us, that may the purpose, that which God has called us from the beginning of time, may it manifest, may it manifest in our life. May we walk in that purpose. I also pray that this wisdom we have learned from the ministry of peter may it be imparted in our lives may it be imparted in our ministry as we serve the lord may we make utilize of it in the mighty name of jesus may we utilize it in our day-to-day activities in the mighty name of jesus amen